Hello, you're listening to The Raphael Letters. My name is Gabriel Dantes, and as usual, I'll be reading a letter from the Archangel Raphael to a guardian angel named Shariel, who is protecting a young woman named Sarah. Today, in Raphael Letter number 9, the Archangel is writing about how to protect humans from demons appearing as angels of light. After the letter, we'll read through the meditation questions to help us better internalize the spiritual truths contained within the letter. Stay tuned on Sundays for new episodes, and be sure to click the follow button to not miss out. Click the link in the show notes, www.gmdantes.com forward slash the Raphael letters to read the entire letter and follow along. And while you're on my website, I also encourage you to take a look at my children's book series called Aria's Adventures. You can get the first few chapters of that book for free on my website. Hope you enjoy them. Now, without further ado, let us read Raphael Letter Number 10, The False Angel. Most beloved Shariel, yes, I too received the latest angelic military decree. I'm excited to know that we will be given more reinforcements for our labor. Unfortunately, Whenever anything is communicated through specific human beings, there are risks and the enemy may use it as an opportunity to create confusion and doubt among the faithful. To answer your question, there is no perfect method to reveal information to God's children, unless it is already revealed in Scripture. This reason is likely clear to you, for, quote, even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11.14 The light, of course, is superficial. I regretfully witnessed such an appearance. The human who saw the apparition beheld a bright, beautiful light. But in the spiritual realm, the person's guardian angel and myself could behold only darkness. A sucking void that would pull in all love, joy, and peace. It saddened me that the human didn't realize what this deception was doing to his soul. But you may delight to know that there is a way for humans to know from whom this apparition is truly sent. In the words of the Incarnate Lord, quote, Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Matthew 7.15 However, it is not always easy for Christians to understand these fruits. To help with this, I suggest turning their hearts to Galatians chapter 5. In it, the Apostle Paul explains the difference between the fruits of the Spirit the works of the flesh. After explaining this distinction, I will try to explain how this is useful for guiding humans. Let us begin first with the fruits of the Spirit, which are, quote, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Galatians 5 22 to 23. Unfortunately, humans rarely seem to understand what this even means. 
they often have in their mind some vague idea of a tree bearing lovely fruit. Rarely do they connect that with their current situation. Rarely do they ask, Does my friendship with this person bring me love, joy, and peace? Nor do they ask, Does this activity bring me more goodness, peace, and self-control? If only they would ask this question to themselves honestly, they would quickly realize what is leading them away from their ultimate happiness. This word happiness is often very deceptive for humans. Like all creatures, they long for happiness, but seldom do they know what that means. Most confuse happiness either with getting everything they want or with a lack of pain. But those humans are often disappointed when they are still unhappy after they get everything they ever wanted or after suffering suddenly hits them. What they don't realize is that joy is what they're really longing for. The most joyful Christians, ironically, were often the ones that suffered the most. And that joy is only found in living a loving, virtuous, and prayerful life according to the Spirit of God. Life according to the Spirit of God, which pervades all living things and brings them to their perfection, is in direct opposition to life according to the works of the flesh. Quote, now the works of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. Galatians 5, 19-21 Humans who do these things often are confused when their hearts are left empty and unfulfilled. Demons have become excellent at tricking humans into believing that they are unhappy for any number of other reasons besides living in a life of sin. They will say, you need a vacation, but don't take one right now. You have too much work. Or they will say, it's your friends, your co-workers, or your parents' fault. They are the reason you are like this. Or they say, you need to work out more. Or you need to take your anxiety medication. Or even, you need to drink more water and eat healthier. It may be that they should take better care of themselves and do some of these things. But the demons really don't care about that. They care about distracting from the real issue. That God's child is not living according to the spirit, but according to the flesh. What really needs to happen is they need to stop living in sin and live instead according to the Spirit of Christ. This may seem all a large tangent from the main question, though, which is, how can this help humans to determine what apparitions are from God and what apparitions are from the evil one? The answer is because if humans can understand this distinction and see it in their own lives, they will perceive better if an apparition will bring them or others 
the fruits of the Spirit or the works of the flesh. The problem with this is that this is a kind of spiritual attunement that often takes months or even years to develop. While it is preferable that they develop this attunement, it is not always easy to do so. For that reason, it is advisable to consider the following solutions for someone looking into the writings of people who have had apparitions. First, as our prince and general instructed us, know the list of those apparitions that have been approved by the local ecclesial authority. God has given those men this office for this exact reason, that they might use their spiritual attunement to guide those who are less attuned to it. Those books with these apparitions will bear what Michael called the imprimatur, which marks the seal of approval of the local bishop. Second, obtaining a spiritual director can also be a great benefit to this. Assuming the spiritual director is led by the Spirit of God, this can be a great benefit to the person seeking the writings of a prophet. If our Most Blessed Lord chooses Sarah as someone to appear to, or if a demon decides to appear to her under Christ's appearance, then it will be most essential for her to gain a spiritual director who can guide her in whether to reveal her apparitions to the public. Third, encourage her to read scripture and the writings of early Christian fathers. She will better be able to discern if an apparition is false if she notices that an apparition says something against scripture. Being aware of scripture, then, is crucial for her formation in this. Finally, while I am eager for Sarah also to know about this new angelic decree, which is allowing for greater reinforcements, if there is reasonable doubt in her mind as to whether an apparition might be legitimate, then I would counsel you to discourage her from choosing it. It would be better that she rejects a true prophet while faithfully reading the scriptures than if she held fast to a false one while abandoning all study of the sacred scriptures. In all things, guide her always to Christ, whether it be in the sacred scriptures or in the wedding feast of the Lamb. Together, these will strengthen her, and any desire to know the words of a prophet will be subordinated to that perfect end. Whereas, all who do not pursue Christ first will seek prophetic knowledge simply to puff up their own pride. Together, then, let us serve in humility and in love that Christ's children might be drawn into that love. I pray she will know his love as we know it. The servant of his healing spirit, Raphael. I hope you enjoyed this letter titled, The False Angel. In it, we learned about how to know which apparitions are true and which are false. The point of these letters is to bring some spiritual awareness to what is going on all around us. To help us enter more fully into these letters and their unique themes, 
I've composed the following meditation questions, which you can find in the show notes. I'll encourage you to write your answers to these questions in notebook to help you engage in them. I recognize that not everyone has the time or freedom to do that. So if that is the case, then as you listen, I recommend paying particular attention to your answers, perhaps saying them out loud if you are alone, or repeat them to yourself in your mind. The purpose of this is in order to create a greater awareness of our guardian angels throughout the day and week, that we might do what St. Paul encouraged us to do, pray without ceasing. Let us reflect on those questions. What is the spiritual reality that I am now more aware of having read this letter? What is something I wish I could say to my guardian angel right now? Is there something specifically I could thank them for? What is a struggle that I wish my guardian angel could help me more with? Guardian angel, can you help me more with this, please? Please pray for me on my behalf that God's grace might be poured into me to aid me with this. When I am anxious or depressed, what is my first inclination? Do I share my struggles with God or with others? Or do I try to numb myself? What are behaviors, situations, or relationships that are not leading me to experience greater peace and joy in my life? What behaviors do I need to change? Or what sins do I need to repent of? God, please forgive me. What situations bring me anxiety? Does my house look a mess? Have I collected things that I need to let go of? Are there any things that are not leading me to experience God's love and peace? God, please help me to let go of these things. Are there any friends that I need to be honest with about my feelings concerning boundaries and expectations? If I believe they might receive me well. Or are there any friends who are not treating me well or who do not respect my needs and boundaries that I need to remove from my life? God, please renew these friendships to bring me joy or help me remove unhealthy friendships from my life.
Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear out our supplication as we cry to you, that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide.